0: This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the dude. Hey, bartender. Hey, bartender. Have me a drink. Have me a drink. A reason that I'm here. here. Because I need time to think. Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. This is the Quick Shot episode. Yes, that's right, a Hey Bartender podcast, where I pretend like I'm sitting behind the bar instead of a microphone. This way, I keep social distancing to record-breaking levels. Somebody please call Guinness. So, anyway, how's everybody doing? What's going on? How's everything? Yeah, I I already asked that. Well, first things first, let's get the sponsor a little bit of recognition. Try bartendersowncoffee.com. They have got a wide selection of different blends that you're sure to find something that you like and also have a number of novelty mugs. And if you need a coffee maker, they got their, uh, got those there too. Right now, they got pumpkin spice. Check that out. Anyway, go to bartendersowncoffee.com and get your coffee today. Remember to use promo code HEYBARTENDER at checkout and get 20% off your entire order. Now that we got that out of the way, let's talk about today's drink special. Since this is the quick shot episode on Wednesday, we got to talk about a shot. This shot, I just pulled up and, oh my God, I don't know if you want to try this or not, but I'm going to tell you about it. It's called the Apocalypse Now Tequila Shooter. Oh, dude, even I'm looking at this going, really? Holy shit. Anyway, uh, so I got this off the SpruceEats.com from an article written by Colleen Graham. Uh, she says more interesting than most tequila shots. The apocalypse now shooter adds vermouth and Irish cream into the mix. Admittedly, it's not one of the best tasting shots you can mix up, but it's an experience to say the least. Uh, the recipe has been around for a long time and it's remained popular. It was most likely concocted sometime after the movie apocalypse now was released in 1979. The era was not the best time for impressive drinks and bars. And many of the shots developed were definitely of the what will this do variety. So anyway, what you're going to need to make this shot, you're going to need a half ounce of dry ver- vermouth. Yes, I said dry vermouth. One half ounce of tequila, one half ounce of Irish cream liqueur. Okay, how you make this? You pour the dry vermouth and the tequila into the cocktail shaker. Shake the shit out of it. Uh, thank you so much, Randy Lynn, for giving me that phrase. And then you strain those two ingredients into a shot glass. You float the Irish cream liqueur on top by slowly pouring it over the back of the bar spoon. Serve and enjoy. That's going to be one I'll want to hear about later. Uh, Somebody, somebody, please, after you get a customer to try it or you try it yourself, please let me know what you thought of it. Dude at HeyBartenderPodcast.com. I want to hear from you guys about this one. Just goes to show that on this show that I'm uh, not going to give you a tasty shot every single time. Considering most of the time I don't, uh, I've never tried these drinks myself. Yes, I will admit that I am a bartender. I don't get high on my own supply. No, uh, boy, that's an old term. Uh, but yeah, I don't. Uh, I just don't drink just because I'm half Asian. And if I start drinking, I turn as red as a red as a Budweiser sign, and everybody thinks I'm going into anaphylactic shock. That's the only reason. If I could drink, I probably would, but it's just embarrassing people, especially when you're out on a date and uh, you, you get red in your face, you feel warm all over. And then the, your date looks at you and says, are you feeling okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just a little buzzed. I'm cool. I'm cool. And really, uh, I know I don't look cool and I don't feel cool. Uh, and you know, it's it's just embarrassing altogether. Just take my word for it. That's just me. All you guys go out and have your fun, and I'll just be sitting in the corner kicking the cat. So what I wanted to talk about today is a lot of you people are looking for new jobs because I know you guys are uh, getting desperate out there for money, looking for, uh, uh, looking for new jobs, begging that your old job opens back up. Uh, Because a lot of these governors out there are shutting down bars and restaurants again, or at least limiting it to a number where you really can't bring in any business. So you got to start thinking ahead. Where where do I want to go? What do I want to do now? Some of you, I'm sure, have some basic skills that can get you a job where you're doing something else other than bartending or serving. But some of you, a good number of you actually, based on everything that I've seen in social media and everything I've experienced while doing this podcast, is you love being a bartender or server. No need to deny it. No need to, you know, say, well, you know, it's just it's just a job. Nah, come on, admit it. Some of you just love it. And some of you, I bet, have even tried going out into the uh, quote-unquote real job world and had a hard time with it, at least at first, because you didn't have money ready to go every night. You all of a sudden were working paycheck to paycheck every other week, once a week, or once a month even. And uh, that transition, believe me, is hard. But that's not what I was gonna talk about today. Now, say you do find yourself getting a new job. You walk over to your boss, and you say, look, uh, this other place, they offered me more money. And I'm just not making any money here to support myself. I'm going to go. And your boss, hopefully, they're cool. And they say, hey, I totally understand. Uh, if you need anything in the future, you need a letter letter of reference. Uh, just let me know. And that's a best-case scenario with, scenario with most managers. Some of them get a little uptight about that. But now... All of a sudden, you're the new kid on the block. You were the veteran. You were the person that everybody went to with their problems, person that uh, specific customers had to go see you just because you made the drink just the way they like it. And you're not sure whether or not your customers are going to follow you over. You're not sure uh, what it's going to be like. It's going to be a completely different area. Are you going to get along with your new coworkers? I experienced that. Now, uh, my first job as a full blown bartender, I was working at uh, as a banquet bartender for a hotel. It doesn't exist anymore, and and it wasn't my fault. But uh, I uh, got a job as a banquet bartender. Now, this being my first job, it really doesn't count for the subject that I'm talking about today. The uh, I went in for the interview, and. Uh, I got asked one of the stupid questions in an interview. Uh, what is your dream job? Now, in my, based on my experience, that's a loaded question. You tell them any job in the world, well, I plan on being an extremely successful computer programmer or I plan on be, being the next big thing when it comes to video games, they're just going to sit back and assume that you uh, you're not serious about the job. They want somebody who's going to stick around a long time. Now, when she asked me, after knowing this, after going through uh, job interview after job interview, realizing this little trick, this little ploy that some people will use in interview process, she asked me, what's your dream job? And I said, well, I heard the Beatles have an opening. I'd love to do that. And after a smart ass comment like that, I still managed to get the job. I worked there for a few months, uh, pretty much. Uh, mostly because personal reasons. There was a personal crisis going on in my family and they wouldn't give me the day off. Well, it wasn't with family. It was with friends. But still, it was a personal crisis and I really needed the time off and they wouldn't give it to me and that pissed me off. It, because well because if it was something that my family really, um, you know, if something happened in my family and they wouldn't give me the day off, that would uh, that would really piss me off, and so well if they won't let me have this for well my uh, to be there for my girlfriend at the time. What's this job gonna do if uh, something serious happens in my personal family? Fuck them. But during that time, working as a a a banquet bartender, I really didn't get to know anybody. I didn't make any regulars because all the servers. We're out working the tables, and I'm sitting in a corner behind this roll-away uh, roll bar. And you know, it's this small thing with an ice box in it, and all the liquor bottles behind me. And so I didn't get to really talk or get to know anybody around there. So it wasn't really that big a deal that I had to leave. I felt like I had to leave there. But then comes the part where I. Uh, and decided to make up the rule, never leave a job unless you have something else ready to go that, you know, unless you have another job, uh, in the books and you're all, you're going to start there if not tomorrow soon. But at this point I was unemployed all because of some kind of standards that I had about, you know, being available for whoever needed me at that point in time. So I spent a good, say, two, three months completely unemployed, not making any money. Surprised that uh, my girlfriend at the time still wanted to be with me. And finally, one day, I got a job offer from an old family friend saying that they needed a bartender. They heard that I was learning, said, hey, you, uh, you need a job? We'll see what we can do for you at our bar. And I said, please do. Thank you. And a couple of weeks after that they finally gave me a call and said, "Okay uh, come on in we'll give you get you to fill out the paperwork and all that stuff and then I got to start to work with them and that was a pretty good year and a half but there was a bit of a social change for me because you see partially I've told you guys a dozen times I'm a bit of an introvert and I Now I'm working in an honest to God bar where I actually have to talk to the people that come up and order drinks, talk to the people. I actually have stools in front of me to place the butts of people that have some interesting things to say. So this was a complete uh, culture shock for me. They, and they admitted to me a little bit later that they weren't sure I could handle the job, but Considering that they had to fire two of their employees uh, to their two main bartenders for dealing marijuana behind the bar, they kind of were stuck with me. And I think that they were uh, planning on getting rid of me as soon as they hired on uh, another bartender. But unfortunately, I became a valuable asset because I was working every night for probably close to two months and, you know, full shifts, feet hurt. Didn't care, making money, but, you know, I wasn't making a lot of money because when the two previous bartenders got up and left, they took their customers with them. And not to mention also the business hadn't been open for that long. And uh, as as their bar, it was a different bar before that. And when people saw that the bar was reopening – They thought uh, the old regulars from the original bar sat back and said, Oh, great. The bar's back open. We can go in again. And the owners pretty much alienated all of the regular customers from uh, the previous bar owner. And they all went across the street to the other, the other bar. So there were, I'm not saying that the first two months were just busy, busy, busy. There were nights where I was sitting on top of the bar watching cartoons. I'm serious. And I would have a decent dinner, uh, dinner rush, maybe a few, uh, stragglers up until about nine or 10 and then it would go dead and s- until, uh, they changed the hours because uh, at first, when I first started working there, they were open, f- uh, till 11 PM last call was at 10 30, uh, Monday through uh, Monday through. Uh, Sunday through Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday, uh, they were open until two two thirty. Last call at two. So by this time, I'm trying to get to know these customers, and it's big culture shock. It's a huge thing that's happening to my brain. Like, oh my god, these people! All they want to do is talk. Let me just sling some drinks, and then you know it. I was gradually getting to know some people. And but I wasn't the most talkative guy in the, on the face of the planet. You all you all know this. And some of them took their time to get to know me, and uh, some of them didn't. There uh, there were some uh, people that went before Shannon came to work. She was the, she was the savior of that particular bar. Before Shannon came to work with us, she uh, got a lot of. Uh, bad reviews about me saying, Oh, you're going to love that guy that you're going to work with over there. He doesn't talk. He's kind of an asshole. And fortunately for Shannon, when she hears that about people, she makes it her mission to become their friend. And that's, she's just one of those type of people. And, and I think she also kind of likes broken cases, but let's not get into that. So we're uh, by this time I'm getting, when Shannon joined up, I start to learn the customer service end of it, learn how to talk to people, learn how to do the actual customer service part that I didn't learn from going to school at the Bartending Academy. And because you can't teach that stuff, it's stuff you got to acquire, you got to, you got to watch people, you got to learn, pick up uh, little hints here and there. And so after about a year and a half of working there, all Of a sudden, the bartend uh, the uh, the owners of the bar canned me. They weren't specific on the reason, but they just all of a sudden said, Look, uh, we have to let you go. And I was like, You're gonna let me go? And I, I had no uh, uh, arrogance about it, I didn't think that they would lose all their business like some people think when uh, they get fired. Because they still had Shannon. Shannon was actually the draw. I was the, okay, he, uh, I can. we can tolerate him. And so once again, I'm unemployed. But this time, I didn't quit and find my, uh, try to find myself a job. I was unemployed for about a month. Because during this time in the early 2000s, uh, it was really tough to find work. And so I was going all over the place. Uh, trying to find a new job. And then eventually Shannon got me a job uh, in a hole in the wall bar just for one night. They didn't, they were short on bartenders that night. So they said, we just need need you for one night. And uh, would you please come work for us? And so I said, yes, I'll do it. And so I went and worked there that night and I tried to work on my charm a little bit. I tried to be, uh, be cool with these people, but it was such a small bar. It was almost claustrophobic. And so, and, uh, it, there was no business. And when I found out that this bar had, uh, uh, the, had so many stings put on them and served so many underage people and served people completely under the table. Uh, I didn't know if I was going to make any money there at all. Cause, uh, you know, everybody gets scared to go into a bar where you think you're going to be caught, uh, pulled over by the police as soon as you leave. Oh, and completely off the subject here for a second. If you do get pulled over by the police, take out your driver's license, put it on top of your steering wheel, put your hands at 10 and 2, and wait for them. Do not grab your cell phone and start filming. You know, the fastest pullovers happen usually when you cooperate with the police officers and don't automatically assume that they pulled you over for fun. If you start acting like a dick and saying you're being filmed or, uh, no, I'm not going to show you my ID... Or something like that, just to look hot for a TikTok, you're actually being an idiot. And odds are you will end up in jail. A public service announcement from Hey Bartender Podcast. So, after that one night uh, working at that uh, hole in the wall bar, they offered me a job at their bigger bar uh, uh, just down the road. And I was like, please, dear God, I need a job. And I started working at that bar, and it was worse. It was a bigger bar. Uh, it could fit tons of people in there. Uh, I'd say probably an occupancy of maybe 50 people. But nobody wanted to go there because, once again, the bartenders kept serving people under the table. People kept getting pulled over from there. And they had these regulations where you couldn't pour multi-liquor drinks. You could only pour a drink, a liquor in a mixer. So anything, Long Island's AMFs, uh, out of the question you're stuck to rum and cokes uh and that's it and i worked really really odd hours but i needed the job you know because one day i'd be working at 7 a.m the next day i'd be working at four o'clock in the afternoon and uh, uh, my sleep schedule was completely fucked up during that job and the customers i tried my best to get to know them but there were no customers And so what do you do? You're uh, you're the new guy in town and you can't you don't want to call up your regulars from your other bar because who wants to drive all the way out there? And, you know, the possibility of them getting pulled over, you got to look out for your customers. And so I didn't encourage anybody to come out and visit me. Uh, There were plenty, plenty of nights from nine o'clock till close, which was one o'clock. No, it was two o'clock where. All it was was me sitting at the bar watching Comedy Central. That's it. It was stupid, 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 stupid. So uh, after that, I uh, after I decided that this job's going to go nowhere. I'm never going to make any money here. I'm. I started immediately looking for another job. That see, I I put my uh put my knowledge and uh you know, my experience into work. I didn't just say, I don't want to work here anymore, fuck you, and walk out and realize that I'm going to be unemployed for the next three months. I went looking for another job, and luckily my good friend Barb at Boston's Pub and Grill, if you live in the Wilsonville, Oregon area, go visit her. uh, She talked to her boss and said, you remember that guy from that bar over there? He needs a job and I want him to work here. And, uh, Brad, my manager was really cool about it. And he's like, Oh, sure. You know, uh, we could use another bartender or we can use another server. I started off as a server there. And when I got into Boston's and started working, it was like coming home because most of my regulars were kind of teetering between going to Boston's and the other bar. And, uh, some of them, uh, pretty much told me that they left there because the manager was being a jerk to them. They, uh, they uh, asked if they could park their motorcycles on uh, in a certain area. And the, uh, the boss said, no, in fact, I don't even want your kind here. And so they left. Now I've told you guys a dozen times, make friends with your Harley riders because they got your back. Even if you don't ride a Harley, if you, even if you ride a rice rocket, they got your back, no matter what. So they just all of a sudden decided to go to the uh, go to the next bar, which happened to be Boston's. And it was, like I said, it was like coming home. I, uh, start, I'm starting at a new bar, but I know people, and they know me. And, you know, of course, there were some of the regulars that I never met before in my life that I had to get to know. And they were tough to get to know because they were more tight knit than the employees. It was weird, but they eventually got to know me and uh, I don't know if they liked me, but we joked around quite a bit. So, but there was a problem. The, the single problem that I had when I first started there, starting a new job was one of the employees didn't like me. And mostly because I was, uh, they told me um, my friends told me, that he didn't like the fact that I just come walking into the place and they're putting me behind the bar. And he was gunning for the bartender position. and He was working his hardest to uh, be a good server, which he was. And uh, he was kissing Brad's ass. You you didn't know where uh, Brad started and Chris began. But he was kissing ass something serious. And he, okay, if I sit back and think about it, okay, probably he, uh, through the chain of command, since me being the newbie, he probably did deserve to be behind the bar before me. But I had the experience. So there was a little toss around there. Uh, The day that I finally realized that uh, he was trying to make me look bad is I walked over to a table and I... Uh, set down two menus, and I said, hi, my name's Anthony. Uh, what can I get you guys tonight? And they said, uh, we'd rather be uh, served by the bartender. And the bartender that night was Barb. And I said, well, I'm pretty good friends with her, so if you just let me know what you like, I can hook you up. And she goes, no. And the man goes, not that bartender, the other bartender. And I said, Barb is the only bartender working tonight. And they They said their son's name. And so I said, "Oh, well, okay. Fine, I'll go get him." So I said that table over there wants you. And I told uh told Barb what happened there and she told me who they were. And she there and they and the story got around to the other employees and everybody was just like, "What a dick." You know, what was, you know, what was that all about? That that was ridiculous. And, you know, that I think that probably might have worried him a little bit that the employees that I was already friends with that used to come and visit me over at the other bar uh, were sticking up for me. They they're like, don't even think twice about that. Anthony, uh, he was just being a dick. And so I like they said, I did nothing of it. But that was me being the new guy. Luckily, I had friends there already. But there was that one guy who didn't like me. That was good going to try to do things to make me look bad like I took over Saturday night when uh one of the bartenders called in sick and uh he came back uh, the and I was working with the guy whose parents came in and uh, I guess he came in the next day going he took so long to do everything and you know said everything bad about me and uh, I and I basically stood up for myself going, it was my first time closing here. You've got completely different rules here than the last two bars I've worked at. And eventually he decided to move on. You know, good for him. Uh, it really wasn't working out uh, for him. It got to the point, I think he already had another job lined up and because he kept trying to pass his shifts off onto me, but I was busy with my job. So I couldn't just pick up and go and work. It was like, uh, he said, Hey, you want to make some money tonight? And I said, uh, dude, I'm working tonight or I'm spending time with my girlfriend tonight. I can't. And cause I'm, you know, I hadn't seen my girlfriend in all week and uh, he kept trying to pass his shifts off onto me. And so the, it was pretty much obvious that he had lost interest in trying to get, uh, go anywhere in that bar. But that's, the stories of all the times where I started off in a new place now if anything I want you guys to learn uh, from this little uh, this little podcast here if you're gonna quit a job have a plan don't just quit the job and think you're gonna get another job just like that that's no that's not gonna happen you're fooling yourself well I guess if it unless you think of it like uh, 2020. Where uh, the amount, the number of OnlyFans page has gone way up, so I guess you technically could find yourself a job the next day, but then you got to find the customers, and you got to you know, you know, try to make money off of that. You know, that's it's a big headache. But the reason why I tell you about all this is because I'm looking out for you guys, the servers, the bartenders out there. A lot of us are having troubles right now, and we got to help each other. If we know somebody that uh, that's working one night. Let's go visit them. If one of us is going through some really serious financial issues, well, odds are all of us are, but let's try to help each other out. If you hear a job opening somewhere close by that you think that a friend of yours would tolerate, let's use the word tolerate, uh, at least for a little while until they find uh, the bar that's perfect fit for them, tell them about it. You know, Just send up those flags. Send up the flares. Fraternal Order of Bartenders uh, Facebook page is an awesome place for that because uh, everybody's like, hey, there's an opening here. There's an opening there. Hey, I need somebody over here. Fraternal Order of Bartenders is probably one of the best uh, conglomerates of people that I've see, I have see on Facebook because everything else, a lot of it's trash. I mean, uh, I Like I've told you before, I'm a good bartender, so I don't give a shit about politics. I don't give a shit about religion. And do I really care if you fed your kids gluten-free waffles that morning? No, I don't. Although I do understand that some people do have a gluten intolerance, and it's a very serious thing. So I apologize for you, uh, those of you who uh, do have that problem. But you don't have to advertise it. Shit. Anyway, people, it is last call, last call for alcohol. Your bartender wants to go home, so finish your drinks and get the fuck out of here. So, uh, first of all, I'd like to thank SpruceEats.com for letting me steal one of their drinks off their website. Hey, if it's on the internet, I'm going to probably steal it from you, uh, especially if it's a good recipe or an interesting recipe. Uh, I don't really have a plan of action for this upcoming Saturday. Be sure to check out Hey Bartender Podcast. I post a new episode every Wednesday and Saturday. Wednesdays are the short shot episodes and Saturdays are the big party episodes where I even bring on a musical guest. So keep coming back. Keep listening. I love you all. Remember to visit www.heybartenderpodcast.com. You can catch up on old episodes. You can check out some Hey Bartender Podcast swag. Pick up some Hey Bartender podcast swag and help support this podcast so I can get out there and meet some of you some of you people. you, Some of you people that I see online are cool as shit, and I really want to meet you face to face and do a little bit more with this show. So, as usual, to close out the show, I just want to wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness, and remember, don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's less go? I just got hit.